For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Bleed in Raiders podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Silver and Black is back on Monday Night Football as they host the New Orleans Saints in a matchup of 1-0 teams. It's the Raiders' only Monday night appearance of the season. I can't help Raider fans think back to the glory days when they were kings of Monday Night Football. In their first 20 games, the Raiders were a remarkable 18-1-1 at one point when Howard Cosell, Frank Gifford, and Dandy Don Meredith were in ABC's broadcast booth. It's also the long-awaited debut of Allegiant Stadium, also known as Death Star, as christened by Raiders owner Mark Davis. Although it will be somewhat bittersweet, as no fans will be allowed to attend Raider home games this season. The Raiders aren't getting much love from the odds makers in this one. They are currently six-point underdogs to the Saints. Silver and Black did cover last week, so if you're feeling good about the Raiders, then head to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. One of the prop bets you can make is which coach will be fined for not wearing a mask. Gruden could definitely be on that list. Last week, every cutaway of Gruden saw him wearing his mask down around his neck. He even admitted after the game that he had to do a better job of wearing it. All right, Raider Nation, to help preview the Raiders and Saints, let me welcome in the producer and host of the Pillaging Podcast and co-founder of the Crow's Nest Podcast Network, Kenny Stapler. Kenny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Dennis. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I'm really excited to talk some Raiders and Saints on Monday Night Football. But, hey, before we start with that game, I want to go back four years ago to 2016 when these two teams opened up the season at New Orleans. The Raiders win a thriller 35-34. Michael Crabtree with a late two-point conversion in the waning seconds for the win. What do you remember about that game? That game was absolutely electrifying. Um, I mean, the standout has got to be Jalen Richard with some of his play, um, as well as Bruce Irvin forcing a fumble there in the, in the first quarter. Um, Derek Carr laying out, going head first, getting the first down, just moment after moment electrifying events. And, of course, going for the two-point conversion and the W to seal the victory. Um, that was huge. That was just huge. Raider Nation was on their feet. Goosebumps all game. What a way to start the season. We were shot out of again. Kenny, I want to do a comparison, and you tell me if this is a little far-fetched. In 2016, that was a seesaw affair with the Raiders ended up winning. Last Sunday against Carolina, the same thing. They trailed uh, by – they were actually ahead, and then they were down. There were seven lead changes. 
They eventually came back to win that game. Do you see any comparisons, or is that a stretch? I think it's a bit of a stretch in that in that game first in that game against the Saints in 2016. If I can make a golf analogy, they were going for it. They were running the green. They were putting everything they had on the table. Whereas last week, I felt it was a bit of a layup. It was a safe play. They stuck to what was safe. It came down to the wire, but it was a defensive stop that wins the game, not an offensive gamble with a two-point conversion. So as far as the energy in the back and the fourth, I, I think similar, hard to gauge without any fans in the, in the stands. And of course, not at the Superdome, how loud it gets there. Um, but I mean, it was tense. You kind of had that feeling, though, in this Carolina game. Here we go again. The Raiders are going to you know, blow this one away. And, and, and I felt in that Saints game, it was almost like anything can happen right now. Let's see what's going to happen, you know. And, and so it, there's similarities there, but I, I really think the vibe was just completely different with both games. All right, last Sunday, the Raiders put up 34 points on offense. And, Kenny, they couldn't have been more balanced. Derek Carr threw 30 passes. They ran the ball 31 times. You know that has to have Gruden smiling from ear to ear. I would imagine it's got to be the same recipe for Monday night against the Saints. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the key to that game is going to be keeping Derek Carr clean. New Orleans was ranked fourth overall in pass rush last year, averaging three sacks a game. Coming into week one this year, looking to repeat that performance. They got three sacks on Tom Brady against Tampa. They're going to be licking their chops against the Raiders. Pass protections at a premium. Sam Young was out from practice. Trent, Trent Brown out from practice. So I think to neutralize that, you're going to pound the rock again. Give it to uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, also, last week, Derek Carr spreading the ball around nine different wide receivers. So, you know, they're going to look to load up on the run as well. They had a great run defense last year. The Saints defense overall just completely overlooked. Uh, but, uh, you know, to counteract that, it's going to be more dink and dunk out of the backfield. Um, you might see more Darren Waller this week spreading the ball around. We'll see if Ruggs can get involved in the short passing game. You know, he's dangerous there. Sat out practice today, but I think that's just sort of um, – you know, putting them on bubble wrap. I think rugs will be a go on, on Monday. Uh, but yeah, I think you're going to see a similar game plan. It just be very careful with the football. It's going to be John Gruden football to the fullest people that, that really jump on Gruden's uh, quote unquote, lack of creativity on offense. I think forget what John Gruden offense looks like. I always say it's death by a thousand paper cuts when it doesn't work. It's frustrating when it does work. You're laughing because the other team just can't get their hands on the ball. And, you know, the Saints, not only being a great defense, they are a opportunistic playmaking defense. They are looking to force the turnover and create short field for Drew Brees and that dynamic offense. So them being out, Michael Thomas, I don't think is as big of a hit to them. They got weapons all over the field. They got that strong defense. But, yes, just like you said, protect the rock, pound the ball. I'm looking for Jacobs to get another 25 carries this week and do some damage out of the backfield. Just be very careful. All right, Kenny, in some ways the Raiders' offense is a throwback to the 70s and 80s when the running backs were the features of the offense. I mean, talking about a Tony Dorsett or a Franco Harris where the offense centered around the running back position. Uh, I think it is very similar to the 70s and 80s. You know, it's kind of funny because there's a lot of trends in the NFL. At one point we said, hey, we're going away from the rushing attack. It's a passing league now. 
And now you got Alvin Kamara, you got Josh Jacobs, you got Christian McCaffrey, you got Ezekiel Elliott, you got Nick Chubb, you got Joe Mixon, you got Saquon Barkley. Now you got all these premier running backs and everyone's scrambling to get one. Um, but I, I think it's definitely a throwback to that. Not quite Raiders football of the 70s um, with the, the big bombs. You know, I think I think Al Davis, it's get out there and throw the ball. Uh, but you do see a little bit of that from John Gruden. He likes to throw the ball deep in the first quarter. He likes to test you. Uh, but definitely the smash mouth football. You know John Gruden's a fan of it. He's still fielding a fullback. He's still fielding the pro set formation. He's still got the eye form out there. Me, I love it. I eat it up. Smash him in the face. Three yards in a cloud of dirt. Control that clock. And we're going to beat you every single play. I love it. I read this stat, and I could not believe this. The Saints defense has gone 44 consecutive games without giving up 100 rushing yards. I mean, that's almost three full seasons. So my wow. question to you is, we were just talking about how much the Raiders love to be balanced, and they want to pound Jacobs as much as possible. So if it falls back into the hands of Derek Carr, can Raider Nation feel comfortable? Raider Nation doesn't really have a choice. One thing about Derek Carr is he's safe, right? We've seen the game-breaker Derek Carr in 2016. Big advantage there. They were playing with a short field a lot. We were like second or third in the league in turnover advantage. That's not going to happen this Monday night. Drew Brees is not looking to turn the ball over. So I think Derek. this is going to be Derek Carr's, um, how do I say it, judgment game. There's never been a bigger split and Raider Nation over a quarterback than there has been with Derek Carr. And so you have all of his supporters, you have his detractors. We're going to find out what Derek Carr and this Raider team is all about on Monday night. I don't want to see this game get put into his hands, but it's very likely that the Raiders are going to be trailing early and often in this game. I hate to say that with it being our home opener, but we're talking about the New Orleans Saints. This is high-octane football. So, yeah, um, can they trust Derek Carr? I guess that depends on who you are as a Raider fan. I'm going to trust him. I've been critical of Derek Carr, but I know that he's smart. He can get the job done. It's about, can I trust this offensive line? That's when I see Derek Carr start to crumble is when the protection breaks down. If they can keep him clean, Derek Carr can make the reads. He can make the throws. We saw the throw to Aguilar last week. That was a thing of beauty. If we can keep that kind of performance going, you know, Derek Carr can do enough to get it done. At least keep their defense off it, uh, honest. I think Josh Jacobs can pound the rock and get 90 yards. 93 yards is what they're averaging, is what the Saints are giving up. I know they haven't given up 100, but 93 we can work with and a little bit out of the backfield. Let's eke it out. It, it's, it's really comes down to the offensive line and what can this, this young secondary do. I think a lot of people still want to see that 2016 version of Derek Carr where he sat in the pocket. He was a gunslinger. He was an MVP-type candidate. Uh, he led the team to 12 wins. Unfortunately, he got hurt at the end of the season. But, Kenny, I just don't think we're ever going to see that type of Derek Carr again. One, because of John Gruden and the type of offense that he plays. So what you see in Derek Carr is what you're going to get. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I think 2016 is a bit of an anomaly. Uh, a lot of fans are still hitching their wagon to a season that happened four years ago. And, again, you know, the defense was was – it was kind of the, they caught lightning in a bottle. He had, you know, a short field more often than not, but he did have seven comeback wins that year. At another one last week, they're going to qualify that as a comeback win for Derek Carr. I think it's already in the books as one. Um, I, I agree with you. I think Derek Carr is an excellent game manager. I think he's a smart quarterback. Uh, I think a lot kind of goes out the window when the ball snapped, but he did look poised last week. He did not get touched, and I think that's a big thing. Zero hits, zero sacks, even with Trent Brown out. 
Um, shout out, big shout out to Denzel Good moving over from guard to tackle. I love Denzel Good. Uh, you know, so it, it's, it's just about that protection. Can he trust his offensive line? They did well last year. But then again, I think Derek Carr, you know, he was took a lot of sacks last year. I forget the number. I put a lot of that on Derek Carr. You know, you got to move around. You got to get creative in the pocket. We haven't seen that. You got to cut it loose and play balls to the wall. I get rid of the fear. You got to play no fear football. I think his fear of making a mistake, it's almost paralysis by analysis. You got to overcome that, Derek Carr. Take some chances. Be that gunslinger. Now, before we got on this, we were just talking about Ken Stabler. We need to see a little bit of that, right? We need <laughs> some of that from you, Derek. We do indeed. Hey, one person that Derek's going to be have to very aware of is Cam Jordan. Last year, 15 and a half sacks. Now, Raiders didn't give up a sack last week, but he's got to be a priority for that offensive line. I'll tell you what, man. That's absolutely correct. Uh, Colton Miller's going to have his, his, his work cut out for him. Hopefully, he gets some help from Richie Incognito there on the inside. But that whole defensive line from the Saints, it, it, it's, it's a nightmare. They, they move fast. They're quick. They're strong. So um, hopefully Cable has them ready to go. I like what I saw last week. The pocket was really clean, and I, I thought I saw really good progress last year. I think we bashed on Cable a lot from his last stint here and from kind of what he did or didn't do in Seattle. But I think he's kind of got the guys he wants. That offensive line for the Raiders is massive. That is a lot of beef on that offensive line. So hopefully that's enough to get the job done on Monday. All right, let's talk about the Raiders' defense now. And, look, last week I said things aren't going to change overnight. There's a lot of new faces. There was no offseason. There was a limited training camp and no preseason. You can't expect change overnight. And, you know, look at, did they play well overall? Not really. But they came up with a big stop when they needed to at the end of the game to preserve the victory. Absolutely. The, the absence of Nick Kratowski this week is going to loom large. I don't see him coming back for Monday night. I don't think he'll be out for a long time. That's kind of the news that we're getting. I don't know if it's going to be Raekwon McMillan um, that is going to get the start this week or, or not, but I do know a big matchup is going to be Morrow uh, against Jared Cook. Jared Cook was the safety, the, the safety net last week for Drew Brees when Thomas went out. He got a lot of looks. Um, he, he cashed those in, and he's going to be looking to stick it to his former teammates. So I'm looking like at Morrow on Jared Cook on that defensive matchup, and also Jonathan Abram, who cashed in 13 tackles last week absolutely ridiculous when Nick went out Nick was all over the ball in the first half he was in on almost every tackle last week really impressive but Abram netting 13 sacks you usually don't want to see that with a safety but a lot of those hits were not players getting into the backfield it was Abram coming downhill keeping the game in front of him and just getting involved that kid is a missile and so I want to see Abram punishing Jared Cook every time he comes over the middle let the Saints know that we're there um, it's going to be leaky, and then I think it's Emmanuel Sanders versus Trayvon Mullen. That's the other matchup to watch. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Jared Cook, a former Raider. They also have another former Raider at running back, Latavius Murray, who's splitting uh, carries right now. What can Raider Nation expect to see out of that uh, Saints uh, ground, ground attack? Well, you know, Kamar's dangerous. Uh, obviously, another key to the victory is stopping that guy or at least containing him. We said that last week with McCaffrey. And, and you can't stop McCaffrey, you can't stop Kamara, but you can contain him. I thought they did a really good job of at least keeping McCaffrey in front of them in terms of the defense, keeping him in front and, and making him fight for all of his yards. He had a couple chunk plays, but other than that, it was a lot of scrapping. Um, if they have 56 yards in the first half, not bad when you're talking about a perennial pro baller, all pro running back. Same thing all over again this week. In terms of Latavius Murray, the knock on him has been and always will be. He runs high. Um, that's why he was prone to concussion, prone to fumbling. So if Lat gets the ball, 
maybe there's an opportunity there to cash in on a turnover, but I think that's going to be the biggest key uh, for this victory is, is get the ball back, you know, keep them off the field, run the rock, but forcing the turnover. We didn't get one last week, and we need one bad. Any last week, we got one sack against Teddy Bridgewater, more of a mobile quarterback. He had a few nice runs in that ball game. Now we take on Drew Brees, uh, old-school pocket passer. What do you see in terms of the pass rush this week from the Raiders? Okay, so we brought this up on our show last week, and I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't mention the defensive line. In terms of our secondary and in terms of our linebacker, it's all new look, right? So they're just going to take some time. This defensive line, you have zero excuses. There's talent there. You got Klee. You got Max Crosby. You got Hankins in the middle, who I love, another underrated Raider player. Um, you got Malik Collins, who came to play. He's, he should be able to step right in and bring that veteran presence. So what I saw last week, a lot of people were knocking the lack of a pass rush last week. But what I saw from the ends were not a lot of ripping, not a lot of swimming, not a lot of, you know, trying to get in there, no bull rushes. But they were keeping their arms out. They were keeping tackles at bay. And I think they were really just trying to set the edge. They didn't want Bridgewater to kill him. They didn't want McCaffrey to sneak out into the flat. So I think the lack of the pass rush was more of a game plan, more of a strategy. I don't think that they're as limp as it looked. Um, but I think Drew Brees, who's not going to kill you with his feet, I mean, he can, but that's not going to be his first option. That's his last resort. I think you're going to see them pin their ears back and get after a little bit more this week. Look for the Raiders' pass rush to show up in week two. All right, finish this sentence for me, Kenny. The Raiders will be victorious Monday night if what happens? They shut down Alvin Kamara. Yep. Shut down Alvin Kamara and Josh Jacobs gets 100 yards rushing. I think that's a key to victory right there. You think 100 yards is the magical number for, for that Raiders offense? That means they're controlling the clock. They're keeping their defense off the field and they win. Give me a prediction. Mm -hmm. Give you a prediction. Um, I don't know if it's a W. I have this down as a loss in my season prediction. Okay. I would like to see the Raiders put another 30, 30 points on the board. That would, that would make me feel really good against this defense. But my prediction is going to be the Raiders 28 and the New Orleans Saints 35. I think the Raiders are going to drop this one. Not quite ready for the New Orleans Saints yet. All right. Did you have a W last week? I did. Yes, we did have a W. I, I think I had called this something like um, 23 to 17. Uh, it was, you know, I, you know, went further than that. And I, we said before the season, the teams that have success this year are the ones that can come out and start tackling week one with no preseason tackling is the one thing that suffers. Um, but yeah, we did have a W last week. I have the Raiders going eight and eight on the season. Okay. I had them in a perfect scenario where everything goes their way. I had them 10 and six. That's if everything goes their way. And mm -hmm. if they don't catch the breaks, I'm pretty close with you. I had them at seven and nine. So yeah, I think that's the yeah. And then it's really about this gauntlet that we're about to run these next four to five weeks. I mean, we got some heavy hitters and then the schedule opens up a little bit. So if we can kind of run this gauntlet and this team can gel and come together, then we're poised for a pretty good back half of the season. I'm praying everybody stays healthy. Big if, especially in a year like this. Kenny, I'll get you out of here on this one. You know, Pro Football Hall of Fame is littered uh, with Raiders chalk full of them. Charles Woodson now could be the next one. Earlier this week, he was a nominee for the class of 2021. Two questions for you. What do you remember about Seawood? And is he on your Raiders Mount Rushmore? Man, Mount Rushmore is crowded, man. It um, is. It is. He's not on my Mount Rushmore, but he should be on everyone else's or at least half of you guys. You go to a Raiders game, you see two jerseys in the stands. You see 81s, you see 24s. 
But to answer your question, what do I remember about Charles Woodson? Just locked down, man. Um, you know, he started off not as a physical corner, but came came around and was able to put hits. So I, I know a lot of people probably want to hear a nostalgic memory of when Charles first got here. But my solid memory about Charles Woodson, the one thing that still stands out to me is how he finished his career as a Raider. Number one, the fans showing up and not letting him leave the building without signing a contract. And number two, separating his shoulder and still playing safety and getting an interception with that arm in a sling, man. So th those are the things at the end of his career, to me, that epitomized Charles Woodson is his willingness to lay it all out on the field and do whatever it takes to win a game, just win baby. That's the Raiders way. Great stuff, Kenny. Really appreciate you joining us. And don't forget, Kenny is the producer and host of the Pillaging Podcast and co-founder of the Crow's Nest Podcast Network. Kenny Stapler, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Bleed in Raiders podcast on the Bleed Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.